Support comes from Clipper Vacations, offering getaways on the Clipper Fast Ferry to Victoria, B.C. Clipper Ferry and hotel packages from $250 per person. Enjoy historic charm, afternoon tea, and more. Terms and conditions apply. Details and booking at clippervacations.com. Good evening. From the KUOW Newsroom, this is Seattle Now. I'm Paige Browning. It's been a sleepy, gray day here, and we'll have more of the same for pretty much the next week, so settle on in. Here are today's top stories. It's Friday, March 1st. Boeing is back in the news again today because it appears to be making a play to buy Spirit Aerosystems. That's the subcontractor that makes the fuselages for some of its planes already, including the one that partially blew off of a 737 MAX jet in January. That's according to a person with insider knowledge who spoke with the Wall Street Journal. The details about this deal are unclear, but a deal could help Boeing respond to critics who've blamed the company's manufacturing problems in large part on outsourcing important work to Spirit. And in other Boeing news, the Seattle Times is reporting today that the FAA is requiring the company to fix a safety issue related to the anti-ice system on both the 737 MAX and the 787 Dreamliner. The FAA doesn't believe either issue poses an immediate flight safety risk. Boeing told the paper it flagged both issues to the FAA as part of its efforts to improve safety. To climate news. Northwest Rivers produced less hydropower last year than at any time in the past quarter century. That's according to federal energy data obtained by KUOW. John Ryan has our story. 2023 was a rough year for hydropower in Washington state, the nation's leading producer of energy from flowing water. Lindsay Ottomayo is an economist with the Energy Information Administration. Hydropower supplies more than half of the electricity in Washington. When there is lower levels, we do see other energy sources helping meet that demand. In the Northwest, that mostly means more natural gas or coal gets burnt, and that generates more heat-trapping pollution, worsening the climate change that threatens the region's snowpack and hydropower. The latest estimates put Washington's snowpack at 61 percent of normal. Big winter storms in the mountains this week could help fluff up the snowpack several percentage points closer to normal. John Ryan, KUOW News. All eyes will be on Super Tuesday next week, where 15 states hold presidential contests. And though Washington is not a Super Tuesday state, our primary day is March 12th. Voting by mail is already underway here. And the Democratic side is getting new attention here because a major labor union wants people to vote uncommitted instead of voting for President Biden to be the nominee. This follows a similar uncommitted candidate campaign in Michigan, UFCW 3000 says while President Biden has been an ally to unions, it wants a stronger candidate to defeat Trump. We'll watch for a news conference they're holding on Monday. As the legislature heads into its final week, four firearm-related bills appear to be headed to the governor's desk. One would require that law enforcement agencies destroy the firearms turned in through gun buyback programs. That's not always happening now. Everett Police Chief John DeRoos testified in favor of the bill at the Senate. There's one thing that destroying a gun that is turned in during a gun buyback program can guarantee, that it will never be used in a future act of violence or suicide. 
In Everett, that is a total of 543 guns so far and counting. Other bills passing this session would prohibit open carrying of firearms in certain locations, including transit facilities, require owners to report lost or stolen firearms within 24 hours, and require firearms dealers to install video cameras and other security features. We got an update on that violent string of robberies targeting Asian families last summer. Two of the suspects are facing hate crime charges, which is a felony in Washington. Four people have been arrested in connection with more than a dozen robberies that happened between June and August. Most of them targeted Asian and Asian American families in the Beacon Hill and South Park areas. Back in the legislature, a bill to allow incoming 11th graders to take summer college courses is headed to Governor Jay Inslee's desk. The measure passed the House this week and had already cleared the Senate. It's an expansion of the state's Running Start program, which allows 11th and 12th graders to earn college credit while in high school. Diana Hagland is a spokesperson for the Wenatchee School District. She says one perk of the expansion is that students can ease into the college experience more gradually during the summer term. It's kind of an an intro to that to give kids a flavor and sort of kick the tires on what Running Start would be like and what the rigor level of college classes would be. She says about 250 Wenatchee students participate in Running Start and the school is excited to offer more. Assuming Inslee signs off on the bill, it'll go into effect 90 days after the session ends. Three voter initiatives backed by a Republican-led group are moving forward. Jeannie Lindsay reports lawmakers passed the three measures out of committees today. The three initiatives would ban new income taxes, outline parents' rights to oversee their kids' schooling, and ease certain rules around police car chases. The police pursuit measure is the only one that will significantly change existing law. Senator Manka Dingra voted yes on it in committee because of how many people across the state have thrown their support behind it. It's something that they feel will help, and so I put it out of committee because it was an initiative signed by multiple people. But she plans to vote no on the Senate floor. The legislature seems likely to approve all three of the proposals, even as members of the Democratic majority question whether they're needed. Republicans are eager to pass them. Final votes are scheduled Monday. I'm Jeannie Lindsay in Olympia. Well, don't be surprised if you see Batman walking side by side with a stormtrooper in downtown Seattle this weekend. Emerald City Comic Con, the city's annual pop culture celebration, is now underway. Dyer Oxley has more. Inside the Seattle Convention Center, vendors are eager to show off their wares from comics to crafts, woodworking, clothing, and a lot more. Stephen Morales has operated a booth at Emerald City for eight years. He also owns D-Pad Retro Games, a brick-and-mortar shop in downtown Renton. And he says business is finally coming back in the wake of the pandemic. The last year was great. It was a slower start, but we still did great. Financially, it was always uh, worth it for us, and this year... I think it's going to be even better. About 85,000 fans are expected to attend the convention this year. According to Visit Seattle, the city's tourism agency, that is likely to bring in nearly $27 million in business to shops, restaurants, and other attractions downtown. For KUOW News, I'm Dyer Oxley in Seattle. 
The winter storm alerts have passed, but you'll see snowflakes in your local forecast for the next week if you live in the Seattle, Tacoma, Everett areas. Not much, if anything, is expected to stick in the lowlands, but the mountains will be getting a late winter dump between now and next weekend. Backcountry travelers need to be on the lookout for avalanche conditions. New research from the University of Washington has found a link between wildfires and mental health. Diana Apong has this story. Scientists have long suspected that wildfires can harm a person's mental health. There's danger, property damage, and stress. Now researchers say they found a significant increase in prescriptions for antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications among people with pre-existing mental health needs following a major wildfire. These findings are important because at this point we have a lot of research that supports that wildfires have huge impacts on respiratory health, cardiovascular health. But people don't think as much about the mental health impacts, which affect all of us. That's audio from UW Medicine of Zach Wettstein. He's an emergency medicine doctor and lead author of the study. It looked at more than 7 million people living in areas of California affected by large fires across eight years. Researchers believe it's the first multi-year study to measure the mental health impacts of wildfires. Diana Pong, KUOW News. A COVID update today. The CDC is encouraging people 65 and older to get another COVID booster this spring. People who've been vaccinated or who have had COVID are still being infected and ending up in the hospital. Dr. Amanda Casto is an infectious disease specialist at the University of Washington. The virus is always changing. Sometimes it makes larger jumps than others. And so it takes our immune system a period of time to recognize it. And sometimes that time is enough for the virus to replicate and take a hold. In addition to older people, Casto says anyone with a compromised immune system should also get the new booster this spring. A driving reminder, if you don't want to pay $15, don't take the I-405 or State Route 167 toll lanes during peak times. That is the new max rate that kicked in today. The lanes will still be free to use weeknights after 8 p.m. and on the weekends. And a few final notes before we sail off into a rainy weekend. This one comes from sunny California. Washington State is getting its first In-N-Out Burger. Californians in your life may have already been looking up Ridgefield, Washington today because that's where it'll be, just outside of Vancouver. No estimated date on when it'll open. And here's a nice sports note to end on. The Seattle Sounders have signed their former star, Ozzy Alonso, to a one-day contract so he can retire a Sounder. Alonso, known as the Honey Badger, played 10 seasons for Seattle. He'll be honored this weekend. Next time on the podcast, the rise and fall of the e-commerce giant, Zulily. The employees said it felt like Zulily kind of lost sight of what it was supposed to be and was trying to become another Amazon, but not able to do so. That's Monday morning on Seattle Now with host Patricia Murphy. And that's a wrap from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst, Matt Jorgensen does our theme music, and I'm Paige Browning. Seattle Now and KUOW are members of the NPR Network. Until Monday, see ya! Thank you.
Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.